just one day and night goes by very quickly. For the monks and novices, we determined to stay in one place for the three-month reigns retreat. And we can see that since we've done that, two and a half months have passed already. This has gone by very quickly. And we can observe that if one has a high level of suffering in the heart, then it feels like one day goes by slowly. However, if one feels happy, then a day can go by very quickly. Similarly, if we sit in meditation and we feel peaceful looking at the breath, then one hour goes by very quickly. Even one and a half hours goes by quickly. However, if we're sitting in meditation and the mind is chaotic and distressed, then five minutes can feel like one hour. And this, is, uh, this is how it feels, and the same applies to, uh, to a day and night. And this is natural, that uh, one's perception of time is this way. Even if, say, one is 40 years old, then even 10, 10 or 20 years in the past feels like that time has gone by very quickly. So we can contemplate the birth of the physical body and the birth of the mind uh, in this way. They're both a type of birth. So know, know what the birth of the body is, know what the birth of the mind is. The birth of the mind is a birth through clinging and attachment. When attachment arises towards good or bad things, this is a birth in the mind. So beware of this uh, birth in the mind. So the Buddha taught us to have effort in our Dhamma practice, to see the drawbacks in the endless wandering of samsara, and what, what are the drawbacks, or what, what is the drawback of samsara? The drawback is these uh, sense impressions from the six senses uh, impinge on the mind and alter and contact the mind and cause uh, stress and suffering. And this mind is born through upadana, through clinging and attachment through uh, the kilesas, the obstructions. So for us, we've been born as humans, and if one has a high level of kilesa or obstruction, then one is born as an animal. And if the kilesa is higher, one is born as a, a sura, a jealous god, and then lower down a preta, a hungry ghost, and even lower is a, a hell being. However, if one has a heart with goodness, then one can be born as a heavenly being, an angel. Or if one has a mind that has peacefulness and samadhi, then one can be born as a Brahma god. So these various births are all within the realm of samsara, the cycle of birth and death. So the merit, um, of a Brahma god is a high level of merit, and they're uh, very long-lived, and yet they still have to come back uh, and be born again for, as a human, for instance. 
and for the devas, the heavenly beings, their lifespans can't com compare with that of a Brahma god. Their lifespans, however, are, are also very long, and yet they also must die and come back uh, to be born again. And they often, uh, or they may come back as humans, and if they do, then this human birth is a good opportunity to build spiritual virtues again and to learn and continue to grow. So if one is born as an animal, then to go from the state of an animal to the state of the human is something that's very difficult. It's not easy at all. Although we do see examples of animals sometimes coming to listen to uh, chanting in the monastery or listen to Dhamma talks. And some animals do this very often, even every day. And we can say this is the merit of that animal, such as a dog or a cat or other types of animals. And if the animal does this, then they can have a good rebirth uh, after their death. There's a story from the time of the Buddha where there was a frog in the Jetavana Monastery where the Buddha was in residence at the time giving a Dhamma talk. And this frog was listening uh, and feeling very peaceful and happy. And then a cowherder um, accidentally killed this frog with his walking stick. And upon death, the frog went to a heavenly rebirth. So this is something that's possible, that an animal can go straight to a, a heavenly rebirth. And this is the mind uh, wandering in the cycle of samsara. And even within the space of a single day, we can see the mind uh, being born many, many times, being born into liking and born into disliking. And whenever there is uh, greed, aversion, or delusion, arising in the mind, and this is a birth already in the mind. So one must be careful and beware of this. The conditions of the mind uh, come and go very quickly, change very quickly. And this mind sends uh, orders to the brain, and then the brain uh, then sends orders to the body, such as to have the body uh, speak or move left and right, walk back and forth, or change posture. So when the mind sends, uh, sends orders to the brain, then the brain, through the system of nerves throughout the body, uh, follows the orders of the mind. However, if the brain is uh, degraded or there's a problem with the nerves, then the mind can give various orders, but the body will not follow these orders because of the uh, degradation of the nerves or the brain. For instance, the mind can tell the body to walk, but the, the body simply won't, won't move at all. Or uh, the mind will give various orders to move this way and that, and the body simply won't do it. This is because the nerves are degraded or broken. So in this situation where the mind sends an order and the body doesn't follow it, we can see clearly that the brain and the mind are two separate things due to this inability to control the body. And one sees that this body 
really isn't mine, isn't me, isn't I. It's not a self, it's anatta. And this is uh, wisdom in the mind to know this clearly. However, if there's no wisdom, then the mind will simply see the body as me and mine, see it as self all day long, all throughout various situations. Even in this situation, if there's no wisdom, then the mind will see that, oh, it was I, it was me that was walking, and it's me that's not able to walk now. Whether one can walk or can't walk, it's still me and mine clung to as self. And there's a, a me and there's a you, there's a there and a them. And the Lord Buddha taught that this uh, understanding of not self, this understanding of ownerlessness is something that's very important. So being born as a human, we cultivate the mind to become better, to improve. The mind is born anew, and it can go to either a bad birth or a bad state, or with merit, it can go to a good birth. We can see a mind with merit is a, a beautiful mind, or a beautiful being, whereas a mind with more kilesa is a, is a mind with thick defilements, with a lot of um, bad or obstructive qualities in the mind. And a mind like this can be born as an animal, or one can even say in the present moment, it's in the state of an animal. And in an animal state, it's very difficult to build goodness. There's really not much building of goodness in that state. It's a, a lot of just waking up, searching for food, searching for basic pleasures, and sleeping again, and doing this over and over again. So for those individuals with faith, and those individuals practice generosity, practice giving, practice uh, chanting and meditation, and practice helping with various uh, chores and offering their time and energy, and then when they have time, they sit in meditation. And this is an individual who sees the drawbacks in the cycle of birth and death, sees the drawbacks in samsara, in order to be interested in these activities, in this type of behavior. Normally, people are not interested in doing uh, these behaviors of chanting, meditating, and generously uh, giving various things. Instead, people are interested in just following uh, greed, following aversion, following delusion, following likes and dislikes. And following in this way, then one is born, born into old age, sickness and death. So one practices to see this clearly and see that this is a mind that is lost, a mind that is lost in ignorance. So if one is 70 years old, one may be sick and experiencing illness already. Even at 60 years old, one may already be experiencing illness. So one must uh, hurry to practice uh, the Dhamma, practice doing goodness. See life as something that's uncertain, that's impermanent, 
So do goodness a lot to overcome this situation. Practice Dhamma a lot. Practice to make the mind collected in peacefulness and establishing peacefulness in the mind because one needs to cultivate wisdom as well. And it requires wisdom and parami in order to see the value in samadhi and to see the value in cultivating the mind. So during the day, do goodness all day long, such as at the monastery, one can do chores all around the monastery, like cleaning, mopping, sweeping, uh, doing various chores in this way, and one can feel a great freshness of heart, a great fullness of heart, a great happiness uh, practicing in this way. And similarly, uh, for lay people, practicing generosity, uh, offering things, coming to offer their, uh, whether material things or their time and energy at the monastery, and undertaking the moral precepts as well, and then practicing meditation at the monastery. For example, at the, on the Lunar Observance Days, it's common for people to come do this at the monastery, such as the Lunar Observance Day coming up tomorrow. Even some individuals practice to refrain from lying down and cultivate the mind uh, all night in this way as well. So in order to build parami, build spiritual virtues in the mind, one uses uh, faith. One has faith to do this, and it requires merit in order to do this as well. So make effort in this way, such as making effort to chant the praises to the Buddha, the praising the qualities of the Buddha, the Itipiso chant. And our great teacher, Ajahn Mahasongchai, he leads us in chanting the praises of the Buddha, the Itipiso chant 108 times on the Lunar Observance Days. And when it's not a Lunar Observance Day, or any day, uh, and every day, one should practice chanting this Itipiso chant 108 times, which one can do in one's own kuti, one's own uh, monastic dwelling. So from when the, the time one wakes up in the morning until the evening, one can chant uh, throughout the day, chant ongoing, and one can even write down the number of times one has chanted this chant, and one can reach 108 repetitions in this way, and one chants until the mind is peaceful. And sometimes when the mind is more peaceful, just chanting Itibiso Arahang Sama Sambudo can be enough, just a short chant, and the mind is peaceful already. And this chant is recollecting the good qualities of the Lord Buddha. And we can bring these qualities to mind, uh, these qualities um, that the chant mentions, such as great compassion, great purity, great wisdom. And this is a a tremendously beneficial method of mental cultivation. So one should do this a lot. One should practice recollecting the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha, the noble qualities of these three gems. So we have mindfulness with our body as well as a primary practice, the first foundation of mindfulness.
whether one is sitting, standing, walking or lying down, moving left to right, back and forth, all the various bodily movements one practices to be mindful of the body throughout the day. So train the mind in this way, practice this all the time, continuously and evenly, all day, every day. Practice this, or cultivate the mind continuously in this way, and samadhi, collectedness, can increase uh, bit by bit. One can compare it to drops of water entering a bucket. Uh, the drops of water continuously uh, fall into the bucket, and eventually the bucket becomes full to overflowing. And at this point, we can understand or see um, what we read in the suttas when uh, individuals praise the Dhamma that the Lord Buddha has taught. They say that um, the Lord Buddha showed the way to one who was lost or lit a lamp in a dark place or turned upright that which was overturned or opened the way uh, to the or opened the way that was previously closed and this is praising the great dhamma that the buddha taught and in terms of opening the way that was closed we can ask which what was it that was closed is simply this heart that was lost in delusion. So the Buddha opened the way, uh, lit or gave light to darkness, um, showed the correct path to one who was lost, and turned upright that which was overturned. And this is simply seeing that not self, nature, seeing this clearly. And seeing this clearly, one is uh, considered a sotapanna, a stream enterer. And we can say this stream is this, uh, this path, this correct path, a noble eightfold path. And one who has entered this stream is not born into an eighth life. They have at most uh, seven more lifetimes. And this comes from seeing the Dhamma clearly. So, and an individual who is a stream enter is firm in the dispensation of the Buddha, the teachings of the Buddha. So cultivate the mind in this life, have effort, contemplate the drawbacks of uh, endless wandering on and on in samsara. See the um, unsatisfactory nature of conditioned things. See that they're not a me, not a mine, not a self. They're onerous, and see that the mind that clings to the body is the source of great suffering. And this is what gives rise to the experience of old age, sickness, and death. And if one has a lot of good karma, then one can have a good death, die with ease, and then die with merit. There was the story of one uh, disciple at the time of the Buddha who invited the monks to chant for them as they were lying in their deathbed. And at this time, the, the devas, the heavenly beings, came to invite this individual to come up to the heaven realm. And this disciple said, um, uh, 
uh, hold on, wait, um, I want to listen to the Dhamma first, I'm not going to go now. And uh, this was the, uh, the words of the disciple, and then after this, the, the wife of this disciple sent the monks home. And, uh, and this is an example of someone with, with merit approaching death. So have a high level of mindfulness to overcome the situation that one is in. Practice restraint through body, speech, and mind. And contemplate um, liking and disliking for the six sense objects. And contemplate the, the clinging of an animal-like mind just clinging with a high level of delusion. So practice to cultivate the mind to not cling in this way to the objects of the six senses. Instead, one can cling to Nibbana as the object of mind, which one can also say is emptiness as the object of the mind. So practice to not get caught in liking or disliking. Uh, practice to have effort, to have restraint, and to do this a lot. And practicing in this way, one day one can see the Dhamma clearly. So may you be intent in your practice. <clears throat>